Good morning, everybody. Go ahead and grab a seat. So glad you uh, you made it. Glad you made it this uh, this on this wonderful day. You came to our second service. We had a great first service this morning. We're starting a brand new series today that I'm really excited about. It's a series called Blessed, and I uh, hope you get your notes. You can uh, find your notes that are on the back of your worship guide there. I want to encourage you to use your Bibles this morning. We're going to be looking at a lot of different passages of Scripture, and uh, we'll give you some time to kind of catch up with us as you need. And uh, But also, please be sure to uh, take some notes. These are going to be some good things that uh, you'll really be able to use, I believe, that will be able to just be a great influence on your life, could be some life-changing things that I know have impacted my life in an incredible way. Let me just ask a question. Starting off this morning, I'm just curious to know, how many of you would say that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are blessed. Would you just lift your hands up this morning and say, I know that I'm a blessed individual. I'm a blessed person. Just about everybody in here, probably everyone in here. Uh, and I know in our first service this morning, which was also really full, every hand went up. Everybody would say, I know that I'm blessed. Now, let me ask you another question, and there's no shame in admitting this, but how many of you would say this morning, without any shame, and, and I'm not trying to trick you or anything like that, but you would say, you know, I know, Pastor Bart, that I am a blessed person. I've been blessed in so many different ways, but you would not get any argument out of me whatsoever if I were to be even a little more blessed. How many of you would be honest and say, I, I, I'm, I'm down with being a little bit more blessed, okay? All right, just about everybody, at least the honest ones this morning, would say, I, I'm okay with being a little bit more blessed, you know. And what I'm talking about by being blessed, a lot of times we only think financially, and I'm not just talking about that this morning, but so many of us, we are, we are blessed by God in some incredible ways. But it's interesting when a person truly, you can see certain individuals that you can tell that the favor of God is upon them. It's like everything they put their hand to, God, God is blessing that individual. And, 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 and again, if we were honest, we would say, I would love to be more blessed. And, and by speaking that, sometimes our idea of what it means to be blessed is one thing whenever God says, this is what it truly means to be blessed. If you'd love to be more blessed, and many of you were honest, and you did raise your hands, you said, I would love to live more of a blessed kind of life. I know that I'm blessed. I'm not ungrateful for the way that God has currently blessed me, but I would love to be even more blessed. And I know that Acts chapter 20, verse 35, is going to speak to you. Again, we're not just going to be looking in one passage this morning. We're going to be looking around the Bible today, both in Old Testament and New Testament. And we're going to be breaking down some of these scriptures. And I know these are going to be some things that are going to challenge you and are going to stretch your faith this morning. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, is, is the, the book of Acts was written by, uh, by Dr. Luke. And uh, he had written this, uh, and, and it was recording what was going on within the New Testament church. And I want to give you a little bit of uh, just some context around this passage that is going to really be kind of a theme for this whole uh, the whole rest of the series as we spend three or four more weeks in, in looking at what it means to live a blessed kind of life. In the book of Acts, Paul would go around, the Apostle Paul, whenever he came into a relationship with Christ, he felt compelled to go and to reach out to people all over the world, those specifically that were not Jews, although he was a Jew himself. But he, be he began to reach out and he began to plant churches all over the place. And one of the churches that he planted was a church in an area known as Ephesus. He planted a church there, and Paul would go in, and Paul would plant a church. He would begin to build the leaders up within that church, and then Paul would feel the tug of God to go and to plant another church in an area that was unreached by Jesus. And Paul would go as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, and he would train people up, and he's what's called a catalytic planter. And 
Paul was feeling that tug of God. He had been with the people of Ephesus for some time and had been building them up and equipping them to do the work of the ministry and had been living out the very things that we've been talking about over these last several weeks, challenging them to love each other, challenging them to reach out to other people, challenging them to minister to people in the name of Jesus. And, and now Paul is realizing that he needs to go. He, in fact, he's planning on going back to Jerusalem. And, and it was quite an ordeal for them to travel in the way and, and, and to make their way around in that time. It wasn't just that you hopped on a plane and got to where you were going to go. We think we have travel woes whenever it snows. And I mean, this was a big deal. Paul was going to be leaving Ephesus. The leaders in this church realized that they very likely were not going to see Paul again. And they were heartbroken. And, and, when, and Paul knows this. He knows that he may never make it back. He knows that, in fact, he may lose his, his uh, life because he is, is out winning people to Jesus and, and lose his life because of the gospel message of Jesus. He had been, he'd been persecuted in so many different ways. Maybe he was going to be in prison. And they realized the danger of Paul going back to Jerusalem. And Paul was going to go back there. And, and Paul knew that he might not see them again. And when you know that you're not going to see someone again, you want to leave them some words that are significant, some things that they will take and that they will remember. And Paul is, is on his way out. And this is what he says in chapter 20, verse 35, reading from the ESV this morning. Here's what the Word of God says. Paul writes this, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, Paul was living a life of integrity before them, that by working hard in this way, he's saying, this is what I want to encourage you to do. We must help the weak. We must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Paul is saying, not only do I want to leave you with my final words, but here's what my final words are going to be. I'm going to point back to what Jesus has to say. So remember this as I'm on my way out. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus said this, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Can we just say that out loud together? It's more blessed to give than Say it with me. It is what? It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's what it means to live a blessed life. Now, it doesn't mean that, that you can't be blessed and have things and we say we are blessed, right? We are blessed and God has blessed us with material things, with possessions and things of that nature. He takes care of us. It doesn't say there's anything wrong with being blessed in that sense. But I want you to notice the way that he phrases this. Not only can you be blessed in the sense that many of you raised your hand saying, yes, I am blessed. But what did Jesus say? You're blessed, but it's more blessed to do what? To be a giver than it is to always be taking. You live a more blessed life when you are a person who is a generous kind of person with other people. When you love other people and you see needs around you and you step up to the plate. And Jesus said it's more blessed. That's the kind of life that Jesus lived, right? That's when Jesus came. The, the scripture gives his mission statement that he came to save the world. God so loved the world that he gave us his son. God is a giver. He's not a taker. We're supposed to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And if you want to live a blessed kind of life, to actually be more blessed means that you're going to live a life where you're more of a giver than you are a consumer. We're born into this world, and it does not come naturally for us to, to be someone that is a giving and generous kind of person to others or generous whenever it comes to giving and, and contributing and being a part of a church family. It doesn't come natural for us. 
Our sin nature, it's all about self-preservation. Our sin nature is about us taking care of ourselves. And, you know, if you're going to make it in this world, you've got to take care of yourself. Forget about everybody else. And take... I mean, that's what our sin nature says to do. Our selfish nature is more consumed with thinking about ourselves than actually, could I really be more blessed if I were to give to others? Isn't it interesting in God's economy of things how God flips things upside down? What did Jesus say? He said, if you want to gain your life, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to, to lose your life. It's always reverse. It's always opposite. And, and this is how it is in God's economy. If you want to live a blessed kind of life, then you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn and be intentional in the sense of being more of a giver in your life. But in our consumer society, in our culture, combined with our selfish nature... So many people think that being blessed means me getting more, me having more for myself, me, be, me having more things to consume for my own experience in life. And, and that's not the kind of blessing that Jesus is, is talking about. Some of you, you live a blessed kind of life because you are naturally generous or you're not naturally, you're intentionally generous is what I want to say about that. About a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, um, I've, I've mentioned this before, but my family, we went out to eat with some friends of ours. And uh, we were going out to eat in a, in a, in a restaurant in this area. And uh, as we often will do, we will run into some of you from time to time out there. And we went into the restaurant there, and there, there was a, a sweet couple from our church that they were already seated there. They were having a meal together. And uh, we, we really didn't want to bug them because they looked like they were on a date together, but they, they took us by that area. And so we stopped and we said, hello, great to see you. And uh, don't mean to interrupt your meal or whatever, but uh, it's great seeing you. And they said hello. And we went and we sat down at our table with our friends. We had a great meal together, caught up with some friends, some old friends. And, and when it came time for us to pay our bill, we did at the table what, mo- what most will do. We kind of bicker back and forth about, oh, give me that bill. I'm going to pay for it or whatever. You know, and we kind of have a little fun with that with one another. And uh, the waitress said, guys, there's no point in arguing about who's going to pay for the bill. That sweet couple that was sitting over there, they've already taken care of y'all's bill, both yours and your friends here. And uh, we were like, what? Are you serious? I mean, we were blown away by that. It blessed us so much. Yeah, and she said, and, and, and they're gone already, but they've already taken care of your bill. And, and I, I was like, man, that is so cool. And, and, and it was probably not a cheap bill because we had our kids with us as well. And we got drinks, and that always ends up being more, too, you know. And I'm not talking about those kind of drinks. I'm talking about sodas, okay. We had sodas and things like that. i got to clarify, right. And, uh, and, and, and we were, like, sitting there. We were blown away. Our friends were blown away. We were like, man, what a blessing. What a blessing. Someone blessed us. It was just an incredible thing to be blessed like that. I mean, uh, my, my, my daughter, Trinity, she was like, yes, I love being a preacher's kid, you know. And I'm like, it's not always like that, Trinity, okay. It's not always like that. And she may not feel that way when she's a teenager, but let her have fun now, right. And, uh, but, but we were blown away. We were blessed. We were truly blessed by that. Someone was so generous and, th- and thoughtful and appreciated us in that way. But you know what the Scripture says? The Scripture tells us that the one who was the giver was actually more blessed on that day. The one who was the one that that was generous in that sense, they were more blessed. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you, okay? It is not in my nature to be generous. I'm just being real with you. Hope is is a more generous person than I am. Um, 
she, it is more in my nature to be kind of like, hey, you know, this is our stuff. You know, it is not in my nature to be a generous person. I have to really pray and ask God to give me that kind of heart that Jesus has because it's not in my nature. I don't want to be generous. I, I, I mean, I, I can kind of be a little bit of a hoarder in certain ways. But I remember that week, I was so touched by that act of generosity towards our family that I prayed this. I prayed, God, this upcoming year, I want to have a heart like that. Lord, help me to see opportunities and to be eager to be generous to people. Help me to live as a blessed kind of person like that. That person is living a much more blessed kind of life, I assure you, than someone who's just kind of hoarding to themselves. You'll see in the scriptures where, where it's going to be described in that sense. But I truly was touched by that. I said, Lord, I want to be intentionally generous in that sense. Teach me more what that means. Now, I don't know if like uh, there were actually more opportunities this past year to be generous, but God put me to the test this past year. And I started, it, it almost became like this neat thing where I started really getting excited about being able to be generous with somebody else. And I realized it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to be generous with another person or to be generous with our church and to see what God does as we as he multiplies what the gifts are here. And then we do things like reach out to people in our community and reach out around the world. And, and you know, it, it's just an amazing thing to see this. I really, really believe this. Because the scripture you're going to see over these coming weeks evidences this time and time again that if we as believers can internalize this truth about what Jesus said and we really believe that what Jesus said, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, it will change your life. It will change the way you see possessions that you have. Your possessions will no longer possess you. You know what I mean? But instead, you will see them, that you will see yourself as a channel to be able to be a blessing to other people. You're going to hear this phraseology over and over again in the coming weeks, is that you and I, we are blessed to be a blessing. We all raised our hands. We said, man, I know, I am blessed. I celebrate that. What if we were to raise our hands and say, man, not only do I celebrate the fact that I'm blessed, I celebrate that I get to be a blessing to others. What if we were just as excited about that? Here's your key thought for this talk today. This message is is if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. We need to understand and embrace this biblical truth that Jesus has said. And and, and let me tell you, and and I mean this in, in a nice kind of way, but if you have a problem with what's being said here, you don't have a problem with what the preacher's saying today. You have a problem with what Jesus said. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. So we have to check our hearts. Here's your key thought for today's talk is the key to living blessed. The key to living a blessed life is, is a heart of generosity. It's a heart of generosity. God is the one that can transform our hearts whenever we have this, this idea of selfishness. If you want to be more blessed, you'll be more blessed when you live. And I'm going to use this word a lot too. You will live in what we call intentional generosity intentional generosity where it goes against your nature to be a blessing to someone else where you're like you don't want but then you you press through that and you and then you do it and you know god and i'm not even sure how that'll be used i don't know that i'll ever even be able to see the fruit of that but god i'm going to trust you because you've told me to give it 
You told me to give it to someone in need. You told me to give to my church. You told me to give to uh, another organization that's helping people. You told me, and so I've been obedient to you. I want you to, uh, uh, we're going to look in Proverbs right now. Proverbs chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, flip over there. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. This again is God flipping things upside down in God's way of doing things and not our way of doing things. This is not going to seem logical to you, but this is so rich today. Verse 24 says this, one man or one gives freely. In other words, he's not encumbered. He's not, he's not giving hesitantly or giving because he has to. This man gives because he loves to be a giver to other people. He loves to give. One man gives freely, and yet what happens? And yet grows all the richer. He grows all the richer, or he is enriched is what this means. He's enriched and he grows all the richer. Now, I want you to see what happens with with the person who should give. Another, what does he do? He withholds what he should give. In other words, God has said, I want you to give in this sense. I want you to realize that these possessions that I've given you, they're not yours. I own everything. I use you to be a steward over what I've given you. It says another withholds what he should give. and, And what does he do? He only suffers want. Whoever brings, what's the word? Blessing. Whoever brings blessing will be, what will he be? He will be enriched. He'll be enriched. And and one who waters will himself be watered. That also translates one who refreshes others. He himself will be refreshed. If you want to live a blessed kind of life, bless other people. If you want to live a rich kind of life, be rich toward other people. Be rich toward God. Now, when I read this, you would think that as one who gives freely, you would think, okay, he's giving to other people, or he's giving to his church, he's involved in being generous. As he's giving, you would think, well, that would mean he has less, right? But that's not what the Scripture says. The Bible says one man gives freely. What happens to him? He gains even more. He, he, gains, he grows even richer. And I don't believe that's only just a financial kind of thing that's being talked about there. We're rich in all kinds of ways. We're, we're more rich spiritually. We're more rich relationally when we live with a generous heart. A man with a generous heart is, is a rich kind of person. We've talked about this before. Uh, and, but if you look at the rest of this passage, but the one who withholds, remember I said it's kind of in my nature to like draw back and you kind of guard your possessions and you're, you're, and you're tight with it or whatever. The one who withholds what he should give, In other words, God is letting him to do this, what he could give, what he should, but he doesn't. He holds it back for himself. Instead, logic says that man would have more for himself, but Scripture says, no, it's flipped upside down. The man who gives, he's the one who's rich. He's rich as a person. So what will happen? This man who holds it all, he suffers want. Always wanted more. You know, it also translates, he comes to poverty. This is so fascinating to me how things work in God's economy of things. You know, how God does this. Verse 25 tells us that a person who, who, who enriches others, uh, that this man is a prosperous kind of man. And I'm not a, a, a prosperity preacher, okay? I mean, if you've been around here for some time, I'm not, I'm not a health and wealth gospel kind of guy. That's not what I'm about today. But I do want to see God's people live a blessed kind of life. I do believe that God wants to bless his kids. Do you love to bless your kids and your good parents? You bet you do. Don't you know that God also loves to bless His children, but He's blessed us to be a blessing to others. 
This is so interesting to me how God blesses this generous heart. Okay, now go over to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to be reading this from the NIV this morning. You might want to follow along up on the screen. But 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is encouraging this, this group of Christians at the church at Corinth. He's trying to teach them to live as a more generous kind of people of God. He's saying, let me give you an example of these who, who are so generous, and, and I want you to look at their generosity, and I want, you to, I want to teach you some principles about what it means to be a generous kind of person. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, Paul uses some, some terminology that they would be familiar with. It was an agrarian culture, and so they would understand farming terms probably better than anything else. And here's what Paul says. Paul says, remember this, as he's trying to teach them about being generous. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also, he will reap sparingly. And whoever sows, say the word with me, church, what does this say? Whoever sows generously. I mean, he's freely broadcasting this seed. Whoever sows generously will also reap, what does the word say? Generously. This is great. A farmer, and I'm not a farmer, but a farmer knows this. If you put a few seeds in the ground, you can expect a small harvest. If you're sowing in just a little bit, and maybe, well, I don't know about taking a risk with this seed. I mean, this is my seed. I don't know. But if you are the kind of farmer that's going to say, I realize that this is what the, the spiritual law is, what the physical law is, that as you sow more seed, you yield a greater crop. The Word of God goes on to say in the same passage, it says, Each one of you, each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Now, this is what he's going to begin to do, is to describe what kind of giver that God wants us to be. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Look, not reluctantly or not under compulsion, or that is someone's manipulating you or forcing you into giving or whatever, because you know that that is not our heart here at Eagles View Church. That's not what we try to do, is try to pressure people into that. We are so anti that, and God is anti that. That's why we are. We want people to give because God has gotten a hold of their hearts. God has done something within them and has shown them what it means to live as a generous individual. But here's what the Word of God says. Not reluctantly. We don't give reluctantly. We don't give under compulsion. For God loves, say it with me, church, God loves what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. Do you ever get excited when we take up an offering? I'm excited. I can't wait to give. I can't wait to bless somebody. I can't wait to bless our church. I can't wait. The word in the Greek for cheerful, it's this word hilarious. What word do you think we get from that? God loves a hilarious kind of giver. I get to give to somebody. I mean, it's, you're hysterical almost. I, you're eager to give. You're eager to bless. You're eager to be generous. It's typically not how the offering is taken up, is it? It's like, oh, here comes the baskets. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I love in the Old Testament that they would actually have, did you know this? They would actually have entire feasts and parties where they would just give to God. They would have a party about giving, you know? 
We're so blessed. We get together. We're getting together. We're going to have a party because God has blessed us so much. He's enabled us so much that we're going to give. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, verse 8 talks about this blessed life. As you're living as this hilarious kind of giver, you're living with this generous spirit, and you realize that what you have comes from the, the hand of the Lord, uh, and, and it's His. Here's what the Word of God says. Here's some blessing promises to you. Verse 8 says, And God is able. God is able. This is good. To do what? To bless you abundantly. God is able to do this. To bless you abundantly. Now look, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you, what is the word there? Want? Need. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In other words, God is able to make His grace abound to you. His grace abounds so that in all things, all times, all that you need and, and abounding in every good work. Go on to verse 10. He says, Now He who supplies the seed. Who is that? That's God. To who? The sower. Who's the sower? We are the sowers. We're the ones that have been entrusted with the seed. God is the one that gives the seed. All right? It goes on and he says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, what will he do? Will also supply and increase your store of seed. And he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in, what does it say? Every way. Is it just finances? Is that all we're talking about? No. You will be enriched in every way. So now why will you be enriched? Why does God bless you with more and entrust more to you? Look at what it says. So that what? So that you can be, what's the word? Generous. So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You'll be enriched in every way, not just talking about finances. I think so often we limit the blessings of God to finances, and we're way underestimating God's blessings here. You will be enriched, he says, in every way. Enriched in every way. What could every way include? It could certainly include some financial things because there is some context there that speaks about that. But we know that God is a generous God and, the, and, and God doesn't only just function in the area of finances here. What is important to the heart of God? We just spent several weeks. Relationships are important to the heart of God, right? Let me ask you, do you think that your relationships could be altered in any way if you live to be more of a generous person in your relationships? If you were generous with one another as a husband and wife, if you were generous with your children, if your children learned to be generous back, if they were learning these principles of generosity early on, do you think you might have a little more spring in your step if you were learning to be generous with other people around you? Could it affect you in so many other ways? I think it can, absolutely. This is the blessed, the blessed kind of life that God desires us to live. It's more blessed to give than it is to to receive, There's no doubt that you can be enriched in every way. Scripture tells us this. Not so that you can just enjoy it for yourself. Not so that it's just for you and that you consume all of the material blessing and financial blessings that you have been given only for you. Paul doesn't say that it's just for you there. He says so that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on 
every occasion. In other words, when an opportunity comes up, then you get to be a hilarious kind of giver. I'm hilarious as a giver. I'm going to be a hilarious giver, a cheerful giver. I I, I get to be involved in changing lives. I get to be involved in touching someone for Christ in this way. I get to be involved in meeting some needs. I want you to picture this and, and imagine yourself in this sense that you become so intentionally generous that you're going to give more and more and that you're going to live more of a blessed life because you know it's more blessed, as Jesus said, to give than it is to receive. Imagine if if your heart of generosity grows so much that there are people all around the world that, as the Scripture says, it will result in thanksgiving to God. They're giving thanks to God because you're generous. Because you're a part of a generous church. Let me tell you something. I'm so fired up and excited and proud of our church. Last year, you were more generous in a number of ways than you have ever been. We would, on a regular basis, would bring needs before you when we would see needs that would arise within our community, and you would step up to the plate, and you would meet those needs. And I just believe God blessed EBC because of that. God's blessing you because you're generous. Uh, Let me just give you a few examples. We partnered with Eagle Mountain Saginaw ISD uh, whenever we were communicating with them. We had a partnership with them. They they came to us as, as a church, one of the churches in the community, and they said, There are some families that are in this particular school. Would you guys be interested in partnering with us and helping to supply some needs that these families have? And and you guys stepped up to the plate when we presented that to you. Uh, They said, we see these kids. We see what they don't have. We know that they're struggling. And and so we filtered this out through our life groups and our life groups adopted families. We didn't even know who these families were. But you still gave. You still got involved. You still uh, gave uh, food. You still gave gift cards for them to be able to enjoy Christmas. Many of you gave toys so their kids would be able to to do certain things. I was blown away by our church's response. I wondered how you would respond, especially not knowing who the people were. I wondered how you would respond. We asked you on another occasion in the month of December and in November, we asked you to give coats for people who had a need and, and, and I want you to know that you brought a lot of coats. And we had a, a, a deal out here called Fiesta de Navidad where we reached out into the Hispanic community here, partnering with our third service that goes on at 1 o'clock here, a bilingual service. And, and nearly all of those coats were gone. The ones that were not gone, we had another pastor in South Fort Worth that we called. He came and got them. I was talking to this dear brother, and he said, I gave away just a couple of weeks ago, gave away a carload full of coats He said, I packed them all into my van. I went down to this area where they had needs. All of the coats were gone in five minutes. He said, I guarantee you all of these will be used. They will be gone in a matter of minutes. We asked you to do that. You stepped up to the plate. I'm so thankful for our church. We asked you to get involved. And and, and let me just ask you, you think those coats got used this past week? Someone was using those coats where they could be in our closets. Collecting dust, moth eaten, you know what I mean? But you gave. You gave. We, we asked you to step up and get involved in Operation Christmas Child. And, and uh, Miss Tara Martin leads this for our church every year. She does a phenomenal job. And, and, and we asked you, we know the economy is tight. We know that people are struggling. 
but still you stepped up and do you know that you gave 261 boxes that's double what you did the year before more than double what you did the year before you stepped up to the plate and you blessed by giving a shoebox full of goods that are going to be shipped around the world for a little boy or a little girl who wouldn't get anything probably for Christmas but you stepped up to the plate and you did it Tara said this year we're going to do 500 boxes that's on us, right? That's on us. In fact, she said if we don't do 500 boxes, she's shaving Pastor Randy's head. That's what she said. His full head of hair is on the line. I offered myself up because I'm a giver like that. But um, she said it's no good. 500 boxes this year. Do you think that we could step up and do that with God's help? Absolutely. we got to get behind it, though. You've got to get involved. If everybody participates, it's going to be nothing. For a church our size, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I just was thinking about how you stepped up in so many ways this past year. And I, I thought, you know, there's probably a little boy or little girl somewhere around the world opened up a Chris, Operation Christmas box. They also put gospel tracts for the countries that will allow them to do that where they tell them about Jesus. What if some of those kids come to know Jesus because of you? They may walk up to you one day and they may say thank you when you see them in heaven because you sowed in seed. You were generous. You changed my life. I'm in heaven now because of you. I, you got involved. You didn't sit on the bench. You got in the game. You were generous. There's some families that are in our community that you stepped up and you were generous. I know that they were giving thanks to God because of your generosity. Don't you want to be that kind of church? That's what I want to be. That's what I want our church to be. That's what I want our, our leadership to be like. I want us to be generous in all things. This year, I'm praying, will be our most generous year ever. I started thinking, you know, it's very interesting the year that you were most generous. That just happens to be when God led us to a great tract of land that we got for probably half of what it's worth. Isn't that interesting how God blesses like that? How God takes care whenever you step up and you're generous. God blesses this. Uh, this mindset of generosity. There's a great pastor, Jenison Franklin. He, he talks about some mindsets. I want to just quickly give these to you. When it comes to generosity, you see what category you might fall into and, 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 uh, and, and see how God might want to speak to you about what mindset you have when it comes to generosity. A couple of mindsets, a few mindsets. The first one is one that he calls this. It's called the bag mindset. The bag mindset. And unfortunately, this is where so many of us live. This is where we live. This is where we, we stay. We never grow beyond this mindset. There, there are many of us that we believe this and we've thought this way. You know, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. We would like to give, but we simply, we'd like to be more generous, but we don't have enough for ourselves. It would be really easy to change that mentality if you just took a trip somewhere around the world, I promise you. But we don't have enough for ourselves. And, and maybe, sadly, some of you can relate to these words, and this is a hard book in the Bible to find. You might, and we're just going to spend a quick second there, so you might just want to look up on the screen. But Haggai chapter 1, verse 6, the, the people of God in the Old Testament here, the nation of Israel, these guys were consumed with spending what they had that God had blessed them with on themselves. In fact, the, the Scripture teaches that the temple of God lay in ruins. And they weren't doing anything about it. 
The place where they were to worship was in ruins, but they had big houses and they had great things going on. And, and, and God is going to confront them about this in chapter 1, verse 6. He says this to them. He says, you eat, but you do not have what? You do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put it into, what does it say? A bag with holes. This is the bag mindset. Many people live like this. It's a mindset of scarcity. Where you've, you've got a little bag and you fill it up with monthly income and every month it seems like there are holes in it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt this? It seems like there's holes in this bag and there's never anything left over. Everything that comes in is going out. And sometimes it's going out before it even comes in. Are you with me? Okay? And it's like this, this mentality about the bag here. In fact, I had a lady come up to me after the first service. She said, I'm a bag lady. And uh, I thought, I could take that a couple of ways, okay, all right? Uh, it was funny. But, but here's the thing it, is we get in this, this mindset and, and, and we get upset because there's never enough. There's never enough. Anytime we start feeling like we're getting ahead, something happens, right? The, the transmission goes out or the heater breaks. Or so, I mean, we're never getting ahead. I don't feel like I have enough. I'll be real honest with you a great portion of my Christian life where I live with this mindset. The bag mindset. This mindset was consuming me as I was newly married, right out of college, going into grad school uh, so I could work on my, my, my master's degree for, through Southwestern Seminary and working on that and, and that cost money and, 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 you know, and, and Hope was a teacher and they didn't make the, you know, the salary was not as good as what it is today. And she was teaching, and we were living off of very little income. I was, I was working in the ministry there, and, and bills were coming. And I was struggling, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I was struggling with this mindset. I was struggling with it. But God would still quicken me to, to want to give to somebody, but I would struggle with it. God would quicken me to be generous or be faithful in my tithe and do these things. But I struggled with it greatly. I had a scarcity mindset. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a time where I was trusting in the bag and trusting in what was in the bag more than the one who was putting stuff in the bag. I was trusting in those things. I realized this. I told you that I, that I struggle a little bit with this. I'm not exactly sure uh, why. My mom and dad went through a period where they were very blessed, and then they went through some struggles financially. When I was a teenager, I watched them go through that as the economy went up and down at that time as well. I watched all that happen. I watched the stress that it put on my parents. I watched uh, us go through some of those kinds of things. And I don't know if it just kind of scared me a little bit or what. But I have this mentality that we just we were never going to have enough. We ne- now, it's very obvious that I got to eat plenty, right, okay? So we never went without. We started having to learn more about what actual necessities were and what wants were. We started having to have some, uh, you know, some some dialogue about what what needed to go and what needed to stay. It's interesting when you look at the scripture that there's a guy in the New Testament that he also put his trust in the money bag. His name happens to be Judas Iscariot. He was the guy who carried around the money bag for Jesus. He carried around the money bag for all the disciples. He was put in charge of, of being the steward over the money. And if there was ever a guy that was really 
into, getting into what the stuff in the bag could buy, it was this guy Judas. Even so, if you were to look in John chapter 12, you'd find this story of this immoral woman who decided as she was so broken before Jesus and he had blessed her so much, she decided in an act of worship to take a year's worth of wages that was in this oil that she had worked for and to break it out and to spill it over Jesus, this alabaster jar broken over Jesus' feet, anointing him with oil as an act of worship. And the Bible tells us that there were disciples that were looking on, Jesus' closest followers, and they were critical. They didn't like this. They, they thought this was a waste. This could have been done. And, and, and I want you to notice what the Word of God says. I want you to notice this bag mindset that Judas has. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, he objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now look at verse 6. He did not say this because he cared about the poor. Because he was what? He was a thief. And that's cold-blooded. You're stealing from Jesus' money back, right? He was a thief. He was a keeper. What? As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. He was so consumed with what was in the bag. In fact, you know what he did? He did what so many people will do even today where they'll betray Jesus because of a bag mindset. This is what he did. He betrayed Jesus for, we know that he ends up in his greed, betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. It's the same thing that people will do today. People don't, uh, when, when we choose to live in this bag mindset where the scripture tells us that the tithe belongs to God, that it all belongs to God. We don't give a tithe to God. What we do is we return in faith the tithe before our God, trusting in the one who blesses us, trusting in the one as an act of obedience, as an act of honoring our God. But the bag mindset says, the bag's got holes in it, man. There's too many holes in this bag. We've, I mean, we've got to take care of, of ourselves. I've got to do this. I've got to take care of me. I've got to, and, and, and do you hear what we're saying there? Saying, I'm going to take care of me. God, I don't believe you can, so I've got to do it. I've got to do it. We've got all these different kinds of things that are happening around us. But God, I would love to be generous. I, I know you've called me to be generous. You've said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But, but Lord... I've got the bag mindset. Here's another mindset if you're taking notes. This one's a little, little more fun. This one's a little more exciting. This is what's called the basket mindset. The basket mindset. This is the person who believes that God is a God of abundance and that God is one who can be trusted. This mindset says we have more than what we need. By the way, someone sent me an email this week, and I don't remember who it was, but the bottom of their email, you know how people would put their little sayings that they like. But I thought, this is something that could go this week. It said this. It said that the, the opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is enough. But that's pretty good. I'll throw that in. That was for free. Okay. And uh, But this mindset says we have more than enough because God is an abundant God. Because He is, we're going to be that free kind of giver. We don't have a bag mindset. We have a basket mindset. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 
verse 1 through 6. This is an incredible chapter that shows the blessing of God on his people when we obey him. Now, this is the nation of Israel that's being talked about here, but we know this, that God blesses his kids. I want you to notice, though, how God wants to bless Israel here. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands that I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. Look at verse 2. I want you to notice how many times blessings and blessed is brought up in this passage. It's amazing. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you you obey the Lord your God. You will be, say it with me, church, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb, that is not loom there, okay? The fruit of your womb will be, what does it say? It will be blessed. And the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks, your, say verse 5 with me, your what? Your basket and your kneading trough will be, will be what? Blessed. You'll be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and you'll be blessed when you go out. That's the kind of blessing I'm talking about, right? That's some blessing right there. Your basket will be blessed. Through obedience comes the favor of God. I love in the New Testament in John chapter 6, there was this little boy, little boy who went to a, 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 this meeting where Jesus was teaching and, and uh, there were probably about 5,000 men that were there, which means just the men only. There were 5,000. There were likely ten to 15,000 people that were there, if you're including the women and children who were there. And on that day, Jesus got on a roll in his message and maybe he went a little long past the noon hour and people were getting hungry. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so they're looking around going, does anybody have any food? Does anybody have anything to, to, to eat? And the disciples now, remember the disciples are kind of living with a bag mindset. Jesus, we should have taken that and sold that. And we could have filled it up in our bag, you know, and done this with it or whatever. And, and, but now Jesus says the, peop- the, the people are hungry. They're saying, send these people away. Lord, we can't feed them. We don't have enough. We don't have enough for ourselves. Judas is stealing out of the bag, you know. And and, and so they're living with this bag mindset. Lord, send them away. What did the Lord say? He said, you feed them. You feed them. So they went around. Anybody have any any food? So this little boy steps up and and he's got his five loaves and two fish. and, and, And now think about this. If the boy had a bag mindset, what would he have done? Anybody have any food? This is my happy meal, okay? I'm not sharing this with anybody else. This is mine, mine alone. And, and I, I'm sorry that y'all were not smart enough to pack a lunch. You know this guy preaches long, okay? And, and so here's the deal. I've got mine with me. And, uh, but, but he didn't do this. I love how generous children can be. I love this. He gives everything that he has to Jesus. He didn't put his faith in what was in his own lunch bag there, his own lunch sack there, but instead, what does he do? He gives it, he gives it to the disciples and Jesus, what does he do? Because he had this basket mindset. Jesus takes what he has, he blesses it, they multiply it out and it miraculously keeps growing. We don't know how it happened. It was a miracle. When Jesus is involved in those kinds of things, miracles happen, right? We've seen it happen time and time again. And, and you know what the Scripture says? Scripture says that everybody ate. What if this little boy had not had this kind of generous mindset? 
I think it's just incredible that God takes someone with that kind of mindset and he multiplies that generosity over and over again. Look, look at the passage in John six twelve through 13. Look at what he says. When they, they had all had had enough to eat. One little boy didn't have the bag mindset where this is mine, but instead he was generous. Now everybody got to eat. Everybody ate. Everybody was blessed. Look what he says. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and they filled, what, 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over uh, by those who had eaten. So 12 baskets full of leftovers and abundance of a good God. It all started with one little boy that said, here's my lunch. I'll give it. And then he got more than what he even brought, right? I want you to think think of the fact that regularly there are people that you cross paths with that are spiritually hungry. There are people that come into Eagles View Church on a regular basis that are spiritually hungry. They're famished. And we sometimes, it's easy for us to get in this mindset of, I, I can't be involved in that. I can't get in that. I can't even hardly take care of this. Or, I can't, we get in this bag mindset where I'm the provider. I've got to do this. But that's, that's not living a blessed kind of life. Jesus said it's more blessed to give, to be generous, than it is to, to receive or to hoard or to keep this for ourselves. Don't be like the disciples that says, Lord, send them away. We can't feed all these people. We can't do this. Here, Lord, instead, take what I have. Use it for your kingdom. I know that's the kind of church that God has called us to be. Here's what I pray for every single one of us. I pray that God will stretch our faith out of the bag mindset into the basket mindset. God, we are we are just going to not have this scarcity mindset, but instead we're going to see you, Lord, as a God of blessing, a God of abundance. The Scripture says when you're faithful with a little, He will give you more, and one day you're going to wake up and go, you know, I've been given more. I have more than I had a while back, and, and I realize that because I've been given more, it's not just for me. It's for me to be a blessing to someone else. I've been blessed to be a blessing. You see, so not only do you, do you, faithfully, you faithfully support your church, but when you see other needs that are happening, you get involved in that. Not only do you return the tithe back to God, but when, when, when someone else says, hey, I'm, I feel called to go on a mission trip, or hey, we have some kids that need to go to children's camp, but their parents are struggling a little bit over here, because you've been given more, you've been blessed with more, you, you, you start saying, you don't even have to pray about being generous. It's the mindset of, I want to step up and meet a need. God's called me to live in this sense. Again, I love how kids can be so generous. My, my eight-year-old daughter, Trinity, um, she, she has a pretty generous heart most of the time. Sometimes, you know, like all of us, she can also be a little stingy. But, but she really can be very generous. My son, Luke, he's very generous too. But Trinity um, was in a class this past year at our church, one of our great children's classes here. And, and, and again, this was a class that was being taught by, by Tara Martin, who does our Operation Christmas Child boxes and just really is a very generous individual, teaches our children about generosity and being involved in this. But Tara was teaching our children, and she was teaching them about how fortunate we are, how blessed we are. We're blessed to be a blessing. And, 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 and she's talking about the parable of the, the talent where, where 
three different guys are given a certain amount of money, and one, he sits on it, he doesn't do anything with it, he hoards it to himself. Another one, he goes and invests it, and he gets five, uh, five-fold return. Another invest, he gets ten-fold return. And, and she's teaching this to our kids, teaching them to be generous, teaching them to pour into other people and to be bless, a blessing with what God has given them. So she puts her money literally where her mouth is. She gives each one of those kids in that class a $10 bill. She says, I'm going to give you $10 today. This is not your money. This is God's money. What I want you to do is I want you to go out and I want you to invest this in some way and you take this money and what we're going to do is we're going to give it to people who are in need around the world. This is what Tara taught our kids. Now, one of the ways that they were involved in giving was there was this organization, I don't remember the name of it right now, where you could come alongside a needy family somewhere in the world and you could buy a goat for them that would supply the, the, the milk and cheese and things that would keep on, you know, supplying some things for them, not just a one-time deal. And so Trinity, this thing literally got her goat, okay? And uh, I know that was weak, but help me out, okay? This thing got her. She was on board with this. She got the 10 bucks, and she decided to go with her cousins. They had a lemonade stand. It was really hot, and I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to come out today. And she goes out there in the summer, and they're making money hand over fist. They're telling people come up and say, what are you raising money for? And she say, oh, we're going to buy a goat, you know. And I was like, um, you need to give a little further explanation, okay, what the goat is for. But they ended up taking all, and she had this bag full of money that she had raised. It was hilarious. It was a little bag full, of, and it was time for her to turn the money back in. And I remember saying to her, I remember, I remember saying, Trin, Are you kind of tempted to keep some of that money for yourself? You worked really hard for it, didn't you? She said, Daddy, that is God's money. She said, it's God's money. And we're going to buy a goat for that family. (laughs) She raised enough to buy a goat for a little family. And I thought, you know, what a neat thing. What a neat thing. What a great example. She could have held on to the bag, right? Of course, Tara would have come knocking on her door, right? But she did all the work, she did all this, but she invested it in the kingdom and it's continuing to bless someone today. There's a, there's a, that's the basket mindset. There's a final mindset. Okay, here's the last thing right here. This is called the barn mindset. The barn mindset. This is the one who knows that God is infinitely more than enough. If you were to keep reading the passage in Deuteronomy 28, the one that we read a few minutes ago, it says this in verse 8. It says, The Lord... The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything that you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that He is giving you. So I want you to think about this. As you become faithful with what's in the bag, and then you are faithful with what God has blessed you with that is in the basket, one day God is going to bless you with the barns that are overflowing. God gives you barns that are overflowing, not to spend and store up for yourselves, but in order to be a blessing to others. When you're faithful in this this certain way, when you cultivate this intentional generosity, you become this, this barn kind of person, so to speak. God wants to know how much He can bless you. Luke 16.10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little, you know what that is? That's what's in the bag. Can also be trusted with much. That's what's in the barn. Whoever is dishonest with very little, that's in the bag, will be dishonest with much. So if you've, 
If you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, he said, who will trust you with true riches or or the blessed life here? If you were to go to Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, here's what the Word of God says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. That would be the first part. You, you give to God first. We return to God the tithe first. That belongs to God. I want you to notice what it says. When you do this, what? Then your barns will be filled and will be what? Overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. You know what is so great about generosity, what it teaches us? It teaches us this, that God can do more with what we have whenever we give first to God than if we keep it all to ourselves. This is the kind of God He is. We think it's all for us, but it's not. Final scripture today. I don't know if this was in your notes, but you can turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. It is up there. Here's what I want you to see. There was this guy in the New Testament. He was a very wealthy individual. We've established in this church that... Although there are a lot of struggles financially and we live in a tight economy, in comparison to the rest of the world, we are all very wealthy. All of us. Here's what this Jesus was teaching this parable about this man who was very wealthy. He had a whole lot. And this is what the Word of God says in verse 15. It says, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. Jesus did. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Probably he had sown in a lot here, okay? He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry, which is what so many of us do. We have what is in the barn. We think it's for us, right? I'll store stuff up for me. This is Life is about me. I need a bigger barn. I need a bigger house, a bigger car, nicer clothes, new boats. I can be so blessed by God with my new boat that I can just skip church all together and go to the lake on the weekend. Just step on some toes there probably, okay? And... uh, Here's what verse 20 says. Finishing up right here. But God said to him, this man who's saying, I'm going to do all this for me. God said to him, this is what he says, You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get, listen to this, what you have prepared for yourself. That's what it says. What you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Catch that? It's a barn mentality. This guy was thinking, what's in the barn is for me. My prayer is that we would move from this bag mindset to a basket mindset. And what I'm praying for many of you is, as, as you live the blessed life, as you're generous in the way that you're generous with other people and you're a giver to other people and you give just faithfully in so many different ways and you look for opportunities as you live that blessed life that many of you will move to the barn and you'll realize that what's in the barn is not for you. It's to be a blessing to other people. 
Can we just pray together about all this? We have been blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed. How many of you are blessed? You raise your hand. I am blessed. I am blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. You may be thinking, man, I don't have a barn. Probably got a garage with lots of stuff. We're blessed. Father, I thank you for your word, for your presence. I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that I know is at work right now among your people. God, thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, Lord, that you talk about money. Lord, we don't want to avoid that. You talk about it much. Sometimes money can be the very thing that keeps us, Lord, from loving you the way that we should, Lord. I pray that our possessions would not possess us, Lord. Father, you would move us beyond the bag mindset beyond the basket mindset, but to see that you have already blessed so many of us, Lord, with barns that are full. And help us to be faithful, God. Realize that what's in the barn is not to be just spent on ourselves. You said it is more blessed to be a giver and just to always be consuming and taking. Help us to believe those words of Jesus. With our heads bowed this morning, with our eyes closed, as you're praying today, as you're just honest before the Lord today, I want to ask you, and this is just a time for you to really be honest before the Lord. Nobody looking around, please. How many of you would say, Pastor Barton, I'm just going to be real with you today. I struggle with the bag mindset. I really do. Would you just lift your, lift your hands before the Lord today? I struggle with it. I told you that I did. I struggle with it. I, I, it's, it's scary sometimes. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you for that. God's going to honor you for that. How many of you would say, you know, you know what, I am blessed, but I really would love to be more blessed. I want to be more blessed by the fact of learning to be intentionally generous. I'm not just talking about through church. I'm just talking about with people. I think church is a, is, is a big part of that as well. But I'm just talking about in the way that you live every single day, being generous. Conspiracies of kindness in the name of Jesus. I just want to pray for us. God, I ask you right now in your holy presence that you would break the bag mindset. God, forgive us when we live with a scarcity mindset. I confess that before you, Lord. When we look at at things and in our way of looking at things, Lord, they don't make sense. We forget so often, Lord, that you are the God that spoke everything into existence. You are the creator. You are the owner of it all. Forgive us, Lord, when we trust what is in the bag rather than trusting in you. God, give us faith to be generous. Even when we don't feel like we can, Lord. That's when faith comes in, Lord. That's when we need that mustard seed faith. And you said that that would be enough. Give us faith to be generous. That same kind of faith that the poor widow, Lord, who walks into the temple and gives all that she has before you. Give us that same kind of faith. Give us the same kind of faith as a little boy, Lord, who gave his lunch. And you multiplied it for your kingdom. 
I pray that all the people in this church, Lord, that they would be more blessed. I pray that they would be learn more and more what, what living a blessed life really looks like with a heart of generosity. That, Lord, we would be known, Lord, not only in this community, but in our state, in our nation, in our world. Lord, there would be places in the world that would celebrate and give thanks to you because of the generosity of the people of Eaglesview Church. Teach us, Lord, what it means to be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here today, Pastor Randy. To touch other people, to advance the gospel of Jesus in places, Lord, where they've not heard about you. To minister to people, Lord, in your name. We love you, Lord. You have been so gracious with us. You gave us your son, Jesus, so that we could be saved. Give us that same kind of heart, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that you will make plans to join us each week.